Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast. We're into such high numbers on episodes that now I'm not even going to tell you what the number is. But uh, I am... Lee I like adding that level of like sort of like mystery to it. Yeah, who knows what number it is? Yeah, I don't even know what number we're You'd on. You have to look at so. your screen to find out. It'll well, have I a little free song of excitement. I mean, mainly you're saying it for my benefit, I assumed. <laughs> yeah, and then occasionally you'll go, are you sure it's that number? We go, yes, shut up. Yeah, so anyway, welcome that, that to the... Bl- is fucked. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast. I am yes. Lee Calvert, the editor-in-chief... And owner yes. of bloodandmud.com. <laughs> and uh, he is... Reasserting his authority. I am, yeah. And I'm joined, as usual, by... <laughs> uh, Josh Gardner of RugbyShirtWatch.com. I don't know why I keep saying that, because I barely fucking post anything on there anymore. I might as well just be me. How are your numbers looking? We uh, never talk this... about rugby shirts on here either. We should surely give no. you a slot to talk about <laughs> shirts at some point. We should. Um, my numbers are depressingly stable, despite the fact... Well, I've given I'm... up with a blog now. It's just a waste well, of everybody's time, because about 13 well, people look at it. Well, yeah, no, it's more than that, Mildly down, but not enough to make me go, oh, I should really start posting on them more. <laughs> anyway, the world's yes. oldest tournament has come to an end, Josh. Yes, the greatest tournament. The, the, the oldest and greatest tournament. And we'll so we'll review the final Supersonic Super Saturday... We'll also yes. do a shit good team at the tournament and all that. And we'll let you know who's won the Fantasy League 
Clue. Ooh, it's Spoiler. Not it's not Josh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud on Twitter, and there's Lee at Blood and Mud dot com, and there's a website and a Facebook page and all that. And what about you, Josh? Um, well, there's at Josh Gardner. There's uh, at Rugby Shirt Watch and Rugby dot com. Although I spent the first you know minute and a half of this podcast basically. <laughs> doing down my own website so i don't know why you bother going there but do go there i do still it's the josh way it's the correct way yes it's it's the correct way let's be honest it's february nobody's it's march actually it's march nobody's putting you have that one month in sort of june late june when you're just incredibly busy (laughs) june to september i don't fucking stop this is basically a holiday for me so give me a break all right you know who you are <laughs> uh, you know this because you're listening already, but we are available on Acast and on iTunes, and, and there's an RSS. And search us on Google, and you'll probably find some somewhere in a Something. pod player somewhere, probably. Um, you can leave reviews as well. We had a review last week on iTunes saying that mm. the content's really good, but they don't like the host Tourette's <laughs> with the swearing. Um, oh, okay. And actually, I mean... you know, to be fair, it's a fair point, and I suppose I'd like to address it really. The thing is. Josh and I, I can't speak for Josh, but I think that we do this and we consider all you listeners out there to be our friends. Yes. And when I'm with my friends and talking to my friends, particularly about rugby, this is exactly how I talk. So I don't really, apart from, I don't do introductions and stuff. That would be weird. No. You know, and I don't divide my chat up into different sections. That would also be no, weird. But I, the point is... I generally is that... don't have some rough notes when I talk to my friends <laughs> but, either. But generally, me. this kind of florid swearing is, is how I conduct my language amongst friends. So I like to think that we're among friends here. So that's why we do swear. That's why we're not really for everybody. If you want a non-swearing, sensible podcast, there are plenty of others out there yeah, for you to take I, up on. I would say we are definitely in the swearier end of the rugby podcast and if that's the kind of thing you want welcome glad you're here welcome and the numbers have been going up so there is something that we're so all new people welcome we think swearing is both big and clever i don't even think that i don't even think about it i just do it because that's what that's what happens i use it as punctuation because i'm from (laughs) wales yes and uh yeah my wife's from west london they do that as well yeah there's a lot of that i've it's very. I, I work with another bloke from Aberdeer, and it is for in uh, which is a fairly recent development. And we have both. He's from Mountain Ash. He'll be really annoyed if I said he's from Aberdeer, but uh, and yeah. it is very funny. It's like a Tommy gun much, of foul how language. How much <laughs> more we swear than everyone else? Um, but yeah, yes. So if that's not your cup of tea, I'm really sorry. Somebody on Twitter the other day tweeted at me and was like, "Do you have to swear in all of your tweets?" <laughs> And I was kind of like, again, yeah, I, I feel I like I'm, do. I'm among I friends on there. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of like if, if you're not if you're not keen, just don't. Yeah. I I do swear a lot. I'm very sorry. I remember when we first started this podcast. I listened back to the first one and I was like, "Fucking hell, I swear a lot." <laughs> and I tried for like two weeks to like moderate myself, and then I assume Wales or the Osprey <laughs> lost. It lasted for two pepper. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the next the next time anything mildly annoying happened in my rugby life, that was the fucking. Yeah, so we're end. not good for the school run, and, I, <laughs> and maybe that does cause a problem. So I'm very sorry, but no, we're not really. The, good. There's not from, much point. Back from the school run, though. Fucking yeah, crap on the route back. Yeah, <laughs> when you sat in your car crying because you can't believe how crap your life is because you're on the school run, we'll be we'll be right there with you. Yeah, we're there for you. Right then, <clears throat> yes. we start as we always start with a player spotted that I've oh. forgotten to go and get ready. So I'm now talking yeah. quite slowly. 
It's great, well, isn't I go it? And I, get I wonder it ready. how long you can stretch these words I sound into like... a sentence. <laughs> I sound like uh, William Shatner doing a song of some description. I think what we've just done there is your next rugby song. I want to see you do something in the style of William Shatner's Rocket Man, or indeed in the style of William Shatner's Common People. Yeah, so... Oh yeah, Tom Facebook. Brown yeah. has been in touch on oh. the on the Facebook page. Is this an anecdote from his school days? Wee, here Sorry, we go. Here we go. Go back to swearing. It's better. <laughs> so um, he says, "Play spotted." I spotted James Hook coming out of the toilet at Mega Services on the M4. <laughs> I got. A... <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's all solid five it's out all of ten quality, isn't that? it? Yeah. <laughs> He said, I got eye contact and gave him the brief, brief raised eyebrow of recognition, and we passed in silence. He was wearing a dodgy denim jacket with plenty of graphics and logos on it, but I didn't get enough, enough of a look to report the details. It wasn't a sophisticated look. It may even have been double denim, now I think about it. Hey, there's nothing wrong with double denim, provided that you vary the shades of denim. Yeah, it's a, it's a discussion to be had, isn't it? Have you seen that clip of the Eagles on the one gig when all five of them are wearing double denim? In fact, one of them's wearing triple denim. I think he's got a it denim shirt. It was the shirt, 70s. I have, on more than one occasion, I, I, I wear a denim jacket on quite a lot of occasions. I double denim it on a regular basis. Sometimes I even triple denim it, but they've all got to be different shades of denim. If you match, well, you gotta have rules. This is this is not yeah. Vietnam. Well, this is denim. You know, there are rules. Without without rules, what are we? You know, there's got to be some sense of structure there. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm disappointed. Even from a denim jacket, I'm, I'm disappointed that there's some sort of shit emblazoned all over it. It's like James, James, James. Just just pop down the Levi's shop and buy yourself a nice classic. Then. Oh, so yeah, anyway, the, the player spotted the sartorial advice. <laughs> the answer, the player spotted every week is if you're new to this, if you haven't figured out already, is when we like you to tell us about mundane spottings of players. So thank you very much. You can get in touch at Blood and Mud and Lee at bloodandmud.com if you want to get in touch. With that, I don't know, maybe you've seen Newcastle's Will Welsh struggling to get his money into the car parking machine at the Metro Centre or something like that. Maybe. It's probably I mean, free say, parking there, isn't it? In many ways, the most mundane place you could ever spot somebody is probably Mega Services. That is, that that's, does get double value that points is, for that. That's fucking peak mundane. Yeah. I never oh, stopped at Mega because it's too near. It's when I lived in Cardiff, me. it's too near to home. Mm. It was memory, you know, then weird. <laughs> that's really weird memory services. Really oh, weird. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, like a place where I, serial killers go for a convention. I've only ever stopped at Mega if I really need a wee. <laughs> and I level with you. It hasn't even got a Burger King anymore. It's a bag of shit. Oh, it's like what for gaps? Rough. Yeah. Rough, oof, rough, rough. Oof. Meanwhile, back at the rugby, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> you can hear more about this on our new uh, premium <laughs> you, subscriber. If you podcast. sign up to the Patreon account, we'll have a special yeah. motorway services special ready for you <laughs> at any point. Just put your requests in; it'll be fine. Yeah, I tell you what, the M5 they've got some cracking services on there now. There's the. Uh, there's that farm shop one. Oh, delightful. Farm anyway. shop services. Truly, we are living in the future, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's talk about some actual rugby news that is not related to motion <laughs> really? services, I know. Yeah. Sure. Okay, good. First of all, big controversy over the Belgium-Spain match this weekend. Oh, and Jesus. World, where what Spain lost to Belgium and didn't qualify. World Rugby are no. looking into what they're calling the context of events. It uh, Which I mean, sounds basically... exactly like a Pink Floyd album from the mid-80s. Yeah. 
basically it is a very unpleasant moment for rugby from top to bottom you know so basically it was a Romanian ref yes and then if Spain lost Romania qualified and wasn't yes. he appointed by a Romanian or something, something like, like that, that. Um, so basically the unpleasantness is that the Spanish players at the end of the game effectively tried to fill him in because <laughs> did, yeah. The, the well, and the Belgian player, the Spanish players had to fill in Belgian players and the yeah, ref. They were just fuming. But did you see what the penalty count was? Wasn't it eight? No, twenty-eight to eight, or twenty-five five, I think, or twenty-eight to five, or something like that. Now that looks. It's not a good look, is it? That's not I'm not. Great. You know, I don't draw any conclusions. No, but. <laughs> But I don't think I've ever seen a penalty count quite that lopsided. I don't think I've ever seen a team give away 28 penalties in a game, to be honest. But uh, yeah, so they lost against Belgium away from home, which they might have done anyway, to Maybe be fair. They could have done. It was but, a bit of a, a muddy pitch and all that. You have, to, you have to wonder if it's, you know, let's face it. If the Six Nations had panned out a little bit differently and let's say... You know, Ireland had lost one game on Saturday and Wales and Ireland were both in with a shout of winning the title on the weekend. They would not have sent Nigel Owens to referee England, Ireland and Twickenham, would they? You wouldn't have really. thought so. You wouldn't no. have thought so. But it's also, um, of course, Spain do still have a chance of qualifying, but they have to play Samoa in two legs to then get into yeah, a rep charge. <laughs> yeah, I don't fancy that. <laughs> I don't fancy their chances. There. They, they knew that was it, really. Hence, they were absolutely yeah. not condoning it at all. No, understand. The way that they behaved was fucking appalling, and they, you know, people are saying that they should be thrown out of world rugby. Steady the fuck on. But and, I, and the coach came out and apologised right afterwards, didn't he? And said it wasn't acceptable and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And they should, you know, probably, you know, maybe get docked a few points, maybe have some sort of. Maybe they should be forced to play Samoa anyway, just what? to get yeah. battered round a bit. <laughs> Yeah, but um, that was obviously very unpleasant. But, you know, World Rugby needs to take a fair deal of responsibility for and Rugby Europe, who's in charge of sorting out these uh, the refereeing appointments for what the fuck were you thinking? Because anybody with half a brain says that is going to stink to high heaven. Regardless, even if that guy had, had an immaculate game, there would have been calls for... Yes. Things to be looked at. It sounds but... like the World Rugby uh, need to call upon the Erg. Erg. <laughs> that wasn't loud enough. I'll do it again. I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they've got to call on the Erg. But I just, you know, somebody that did ask Brett that got question. the Mandrake in this situation. Yeah, so, yeah who is the yeah. Mandrake in the Erg? But it, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, you could call for the Erg or you could just sort of write a uh, on on one post-it note, we couldn't really find anything now. Yeah, and save us all four months of. Well, basically, time. you'd have to you put it in the post in a Back to the Future three style e, <laughs> and have it delivered in six <laughs> months' time. <laughs> and then you know, there was nothing out. to see here. Yeah, somebody comes up to Brett Gosper in the rain in the middle of the night in a lightning storm and and hands him a a, a letter with yeah we couldn't find anything. You know what? That would make more sense than what the fucking herd came up with after that France investigation. It really that would. That's more believable. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's that. We'll see how that pans out. Yes. From your point of view, some sad news today, I suppose, from an Ospreys yes, point of view. Yes, indeed. Rhys Webb has played his final game for Wales, his final game for the Ospreys as well, as his uh, slightly mystifying knee injury um, 
apparently is serious enough that he's never going to play for the Ospreys again and uh, will now be focusing on rehabbing that and being fighting fit for Toulon next season. Part of me wonders if maybe he would have probably carried on playing with this but just went, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to get myself sorted out so that I'm fit and healthy to yeah. go and play for Toulon next I'm gonna season. Basically, uh, I'm going to work on my beach guns. Yeah, and I genuinely, if that is the case, I'm not saying it is, I would not fucking blame him in the slightest because by all accounts he has been incredibly shabbily treated by both the Ospreys and Wales. But it is very sad from an Ospreys yes. fan's perspective. Well, it's, it's not the way you'd not... wanted to have said Tara to him, is it? <laughs> no, exactly. And, you know, he's been a fantastic underdog appearances for the Ospreys. Player of the season, Welsh player of the season uh, a couple of years back. Scored a fucking bag load of tries and being the best and it remains the best scrum half in Wales. So, uh, oh well. Oh, well. Very sad. So good, good luck, luck to him in yeah. But uh, come back even more slightly brown. Speaking as people who are leaving and in completely different circumstances of achievement, uh, Josh Charnley has signed for yes. Warrington Rugby League. And his, and his little adventure at sale is over. Yes. <laughs> I mean, when the writing was on the wall, when. Uh, they signed what's his face from Quinns, wasn't it? Um, it was. And oh, he's just not panned out, is it? It seemed to no. sort of start quite well. Yeah, and he was kind of brought in slowly, <laughs> wasn't he? They kind of eased him in, yeah. but it just didn't. And it was like, oh, are they actually doing this properly? And then, no. <laughs> no, they're not. Looked... They've just gone. Yeah, he's played 18 games and scored three tries, I think. That's which is not a fantastic return, no. but somebody learning it just the sport hasn't worked, has it? This team, no. I think there's, I think a lot of rugby league players come over, and this is no criticism of them or the sport of rugby union, and I, I honestly don't think they realise how hard it is to get yourself involved in the game in rugby in rugby union. If yeah. you're a winger in rugby league, you can go and look for work, you can make your own work. It's a completely different situation, union, and I think they do just tend to. They tend to struggle with it, I think, and then it's just a completely different mindset to be in when you're playing. And again, that's not his fault. It's not sales' fault. It's just it just happens. It seems like they either click or they don't. So you get yourself in a situation where obviously Denny Solomona is on the quite literally in the same situation as taken to it like a duck to water and can't stop scoring tries. And which completely blows my argument out of the water. So yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) Must some? I I think it's it's you know a case of of what kind of winger you are and whether you've got the mindset to, you know, it's, I don't know if Denny Solomon had played a bit of union when he was growing up or sort of given where he was from, but you know, it's, yeah. it does seem like his skills, like some, you know, with some players, it just works. Chris Ashton was exactly the same. He came across and almost instantly was excellent for Northampton. Hmm. Um, but it doesn't work. A Maybe it's a bit more talented. Maybe it's as simple as that. <laughs> Maybe it's a talent thing. He's Maybe it's just a... Charlie, though. But yeah, yeah, it's a talent thing. It could be just a mentality thing. It could be a. I'm glad it's know... kind of a whimper, though, in many ways, because it used to be this was a big news story, didn't it? I mean, we're talking about it now, but it used to be quite a mm. sensational news story, stuff like this. And actually, he's come over. It's not worth. He's gone back. Everybody's happy. He's like yeah, Nathan you know, McAvoy be... when he went to Saracens. It didn't really work, and off he went back. It was fine. <laughs> Yeah, and there's been, you know, three or four players you can think of off the top of your head where it's gone, it's happened and it hasn't really panned out. And they've gone back and, you know, used to say that, you know, it won't continue. I, yeah. I wouldn't. Why, why on earth hasn't Kyle Eastman gone back to playing rugby league when he seems to not be getting He's any games? He's been out of it a very long time now that you forget. He had, he had one contract to St. Helens, basically, Kyle Eastman, and then he, then he came really? across. Uh... Yeah. Anyway. 
anyway, yeah. So uh, good luck to him. Good I'd luck say to him it, as well. It hasn't, it hasn't panned out. Yeah. But you know, these things happen. It's not the end of the world. And then finally, speaking of good luck to him, uh, Justin Tipperick has been selected. He's going to the Commonwealth Games with his blue hat on. I think it's kind of... Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Will he be allowed to wear his blue hat? Will he have to wear some sort of Olympic uh, Commonwealth-mandated hat? If so, he's (laughs) going to kick right off. (laughs) Um, It's quite sad, really, because, like, he really wanted to go to the Olympics last year, but he couldn't because he had that really bad concussion episode and yeah. basically got shut down for six months um not last year sorry the year before but um yeah and so i go on one hand I'm, I'm pleased that the ospreys have just gone you know what mate you really you've always wanted to sort of do some sort of representative seven stuff just fucking crack on our season's fucked anyway so um but it is quite funny that now the ospreys will be primarily relying on Sam Cross, Wales seven specialist, to be playing seven for them for the rest of the season, while Tipperick goes off playing the Commonwealth Games, which is weird. But hey ho, these things are, are strange. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be box office. Yes. Like, put Tipperick's skill set onto a field where he is one of the biggest people on it, <laughs> and he's got lots of room to work in. He's got lots of room to work in, and ah, well. <laughs> it's just yeah. going to be a beat. I mean, as good as James Davis was at the Olympics, yes. there's no reason why Tipperick can't different be offering, just. But yeah, it could yeah, be, yeah, different offering. But there's no reason why they can't be. You can't be just as effective. So uh, yeah, I mean, I might actually watch the Commonwealth Games, which uh, yeah. is not something I would have said at any point before that. So it's yeah, still, it's a very weird thing. The Commonwealth Games. You can tell it's not really very highly valued by the type of places that get it. Yeah, I mean, Manchester could never get anywhere near the Olympics, but they got the Commonwealth Games about twice. <laughs> Where is this one anyway? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm actually. gonna, I'm gonna Google it. It's probably somewhere depressing. Lequid Stadium. Oh no! Oh no! It's fair play. I don't blame him. It's on the Gold Coast. Oh, that's not bad, is it? No, that's not I bad mean, at all, is it? Yeah. Oh, do you fancy going to uh, to Queensland for a for a couple of weeks in the middle of fucking April? Yeah, oh, you you'll do for me. He says, "Yeah, you play a bit of rugby as well, but you know, only like a couple like of games a day. Yeah. Don't, don't let that yeah. get you down too much. They're only no. short games, fourteen yeah. minutes. Yeah, and it's also basically everything that your skill set demands. Uh, perfect. Yeah, I don't blame him to be honest. Right, shall we crack on with what we'd learned from the final weekend, the final even weekend, yes. the final day yes. of rugby's oldest championship, Super Saturday, as Super they were for some Sonic Wonic Saturday." As they were for some reason still insisting on calling it, even though there was nothing at stake. No, but having a grand slam. Good game, well, though. Like, first two, well, sorry, game, first two games yes, were good. First two games were good. Um, it made sense when they called it Super Saturday whenever it was two years ago. When, yes. like, and it was an absolute humdinger. It was incredible because about <laughs> at different points in the day, like four different teams were was winning the Six years? Nations. What year was it when Scotland Maybe it was early. Not lose Maybe. by more than thirty points, and they got absolutely fisted by, by Ireland. Yeah, home. Yeah, um, that might actually probably more like four years ago, isn't it? It was longer but ago. Hell was, of a day, though. That, Hell of a day. That was incredible. I mean, that was when Wales somehow managed to put themselves into the top spot for like an hour, <laughs> and it despite because they had to beat Italy by like what forty or fifty points or something, and they did it. 
and then Ireland just turned around and went, yeah, fuck you, we'll get, we'll beat Scotland by thirty points. That came and out of uh, nowhere as well. Ireland were yeah. looking like, yeah, but we're not talking about that year. No, yeah, we're that about was a, now. That was a genuine Super Saturday. This was kind of a, like a, a sort of mildly okay Saturday. <laughs> what I've learned from that Saturday, yes. well, actually, I've learned it since Clive Woodward's told me. Thank God he has. Is that England are very, very tired. Really, that's oh. what it's all. And that's what it's all that all these breakdown problems are because they're so tired that they're, they're, they're literally like napping. That's funny because, like, at the very start of the tournament, Clive was basically saying how Eddie had like completely turned the corner with this England team and that they were building towards the World Cup and all this stuff. And now, you can't expect him to not speak an incredible amount of bollocks. That seems like an unfair expectation <laughs> yeah, I mean, of Clive Woodward, yeah, to be honest. We've got to grade him on a curve there, haven't we? Um, but yeah, there's been loads it, and loads of made about this tiredness thing, hasn't there? There's people who bringing graphs out to show that Ireland have had longer rest than everybody else and things yeah. like that. Can I just be the first one to say very clearly, it's not because England are tired <laughs> that Ireland are better than them. No, Quite clearly even... better than them. It's not because they are tired. It's no. more fundamental than <laughs> different it's things at play than that. And if they are more tired than Ireland, which I'm sure they are, to be honest, they've had a hell of a lot less rest. That's not anybody else's fault but English rugby's. It's like it's like you can complain about it, but you know that fucking premiership that's getting like 160 million fucking quid in broadcasting rights that you're also proud of. Like that 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 has to have some sort of that they I mean, have to make that money Ireland somewhere. That Ireland can just say don't play him. For the first yeah. one. So that does make it a lot easier, obviously. And yeah, Absolutely. there probably is something in a recovery thing. But then again, maybe tailor the England camp so they're a bit different then. Maybe don't call yeah. people up as much. Maybe give them, I don't know. Maybe don't just make them spend like a what, week whatever doing the fucking sol- judo. Yeah, but also whatever the solution is, <clears throat> and if there is one, it's not because England, I come back to my original point, it's not because they're tired. But uh, if, this, if this becomes the prevailing narrative... Um, then we might it might actually be like a a beneficial thing because the last time England kicked up about something that was entirely of their own making, i.e. the whole Italy, uh, whatever they hell they called that wolf thing <laughs> last year in the Six Nations game, which then changed the laws and ruined the I breakdown. Think that, I think it was called that wolf thing. That's, <laughs> yes. that's what they called it. Um, yeah, you know that that's basically ruined the breakdown for everybody else by changing the rules for no fucking reason because England kicked up a fuss. So hopefully, if England kick up enough of a fuss about their players being knackered, yeah. they might actually fucking do something with the global season to introduce some mandatory rest periods for fucking test players so that they're actually not flogged to death all the time. Um, and that'll all be thanks to Clive Woodward. That'll all be thanks to Sir Clive. Once again, we've got so much to thank him for. Um, but yeah, England were fucking not very good, really. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um no, they weren't. They're afraid of playing rugby when the pressure's really on. That's the truth of it. Like the closer, the more that excellent. Something that Paul Williams was saying in his his rugby world column at the weekend. Like the closer you get to the World Cup, and the more the expectations have been built around this England team, the more fear that they're playing with, and the more conservatism that they're playing with. Because all of as soon as you start putting expectations on them and sort of saying, "Oh, you're going to win the World Cup," then all of a sudden they start to tighten up. 
And but also, I think from my point of view as well, I think if you're going to have a dip, this is probably a reasonable time to do it. You are 18 months out from the tournament. There is time true. to sort it. So if you're going to, you know, not that I'm saying tiredness was it, but I've already said tiredness didn't cause it, but post-Lions and 18 months out of a World Cup, that's the time to have a bit of a bad run. Yeah. This well, time you... next year would be a serious problem. Yeah, well, if you need to take a long, hard look at yourself, then it's better to do it now than in a year's time. Um Quite. Not that I'm but, saying that's the plan. There's been no plan of that. I'm just taking. I'm just picking up the shards of what's left on the floor and go. Well, at least I'm not sweeping this up next year. Yeah, you know, that's well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? But then the noises coming out of of Eddie Jones in press conferences and etc. It just seems to be. I mean, I'm sure that it's obviously different behind closed doors, but he is testing the boundaries of credulity and the patience of fans by sort of saying stuff like, oh, you know, it's been a really beneficial process and, you know, we learn a lot from it. Now, fuck off. Say you were bad. The worst Say kind that of spin-doctoring it... in the world. Yeah, because yeah, it comes across, particularly from somebody who is, you know, so abrasively blunt yes. and as much of a cock as Eddie Jones is. Like, it comes across as much, much more disingenuous when he tries to fucking feed you a line of... PR spinning bullshit, I think, and it's, it's funny how how quickly. I mean, it's, it's always the way with England, I guess, and the English press and English fans is that things turn very, very, very quickly. Yeah, and I think there is something in that to say that no one. I, I come back to the point I've been making for a long time. They were never as good as that run looked, made them look, nope. and they're probably not as bad as the last three games have made them look either. The worrying thing for me is leaving aside the whole breakdown and centre partnership thing. And the fact is that the breakdown and centre partnership thing was a problem when Jones took over. Yes. He's had three years to go at it. There's also the very fundamental problem that this selection this weekend showed for me is that he obviously clearly still doesn't know, or at the minute definitely doesn't know, who his best 15 players are. Now, well, obviously, Billy he... Vanipoda would come back in, wouldn't he? So that's an obvious one. But actually, there's something about... He, he just still doesn't know. Well, the problem with Billy... And, you know, we like... We've, you know, we've we've met Billy. We've chatted to Billy. We like Billy as both person and player. But he's getting that thing about him now. He's getting something of the too laggy about him. Yeah. I.e., he's point, incredible, yeah. but he cannot stay fit. And also... If you know that if you haven't got Billy, there's nobody like Billy, how yeah. do you not, with a coaching team, go, well, how do we play when Billy's not available? Yeah. Because he might get injured. Or he might in some games, we've got to rest him in, in a World Cup, yeah. you know, run up to a World Cup. You know. So how can you not have a plan to know how you play without, effectively, yeah. a very unique player? Yeah. The fact that, for me... Guy Mercer didn't even get a fucking minute off Zach the... Zach Mercer, you always do that. Because Guy Mercer's in the Austria. Fucking hell, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was that Mercer going yeah. yeah, how he didn't get a single minute for England in this Six Nations, I I do not know. And it's also, like... I don't know why people didn't figure out quite early that Simmons wasn't quite the guy. I don't know why they don't look at... I don't know why he doesn't look a bit more at Newcastle. Why somebody like Mark Wilson isn't playing... At eight, yeah. you know, he's a big lad. He carries all right. He's a physical guy. He's better than Sam Simmons would have been when the shit was hitting the fan. Yeah, well, that's the, it, it's big units. It's like if your game plan revolves around big units, at least bring in some big units. Because you know? yeah, you've got Billy, then you've got Nathan Hughes, who's quite clearly a big unit. Yes. But then beyond that, you're into Sam Simmons, who's a completely different kind of eight. 
and looks like he's got a lot of promise. But if, so it seems odd that if that's what your game plan is, why haven't you got somebody like Mark Wilson coming in who is a unit? Yeah, it's 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 just muddled, isn't it? In in the sort of without wishing to sort of, I think I, you you were going back to saying like he doesn't know what his best fifteen is. I think deep down in his heart of hearts, he knows what his best fifteen is, but he also knows that they do not have the fucking minerals. <laughs> like he knows who the best fifteen players are that he has. But I think he also suspects that a lot of those players that he could bring in are not up to the mental. That's why he mm. keeps picking Mike Brown and Dylan Hartley, because yeah, even though they point, are, yeah. and Chris Robshaw as well, you know, and Haskell, because even though they are demonstrably not England's best options at their positions, he knows that they have a little something about them in yeah, terms of their temperament in terms of their experience in terms of the way that they carry yeah, themselves ironically when the shit hits the fan there's no leadership to be found anywhere in well, the no, last that... in the last few months that's not yeah. always been the case in the last no. few months your point about Tulangi was a good one because one of the things I said I learned from this weekend is that Eddie Jones is basically Stuart Lancaster now he's, he's unbalanced he's back heading, row he's heading that way isn't he unbalanced back row <laughs> team performance massively over reliance on one player losing at yeah. home all we need now is an ill-advised rugby league sort of. Maybe that's a solution. He's, hey, hey, he's done that before, didn't he? Bring Wendell Saylor in and Matt he did. Rogers. <laughs> or, that's the way or, forward. Or is is Denny Solomona his sort of Achilles rugby league heel? Is that going to turn out to be? Maybe. maybe. I mean, the fact is going into that point. The fact is England's back three is <clears> is <throat> if you got Watson playing at fullback and the other two, it's dynamite. Well, that's I you think know, the you, fact know, you, could, you know if you could just use that a bit better, but. I think I honestly think that there is, for all of the talk, there is a lack of balance in that back three with Daly, Johnny May, and Watson. I think Daly's worth yeah. a run at thirteen, to be honest. Now, he's yeah, shown well, his, I think he's shown he's, he needs to get his hands on the fucking ball more. And he's shown that he's got the temperament for this level. Yeah, generally. So there's no England's reason best, why England's best player on the weekend. Let's be honest. Or the only certainly the only player in the backs who looked like he had anything about him whatsoever. He, he looked better. He looks. They look a better team when he's playing. He does, he does actually. He does actually take some responsibilities for making something happen. Yeah, and that's that's this goes back to the sort of what I was saying about kind of the conservatism and the fear they're playing with. Like nobody wants to be the person that puts their fucking hand up and says, "We do this." Hmm. Like when when it's fucking balls to the wall time. And it's exactly the same with Wales, and you saw it on Saturday. Like, when the going gets tough, there are very few players in that back, particularly, you know, throughout the whole pack as well, but particularly in the back line, nobody's going there and saying, I will make the decision to try the thing, and if it goes tits up, then I will get all of the scorn, etc., associated with it. You know, it's it's kick it or it is, you know, just try something incredibly un uninspiring and unrisky and hope for the best. And maybe who knows, maybe somebody else will do something. And that's what I massively got from watching England against Ireland on the weekend. There was a, it was an entire backline of players going, Well if I just ship it on, somebody else might do something with it. And it's, you know, that's not a, a thing on 
on on England because, like I said, Wales are exactly the fucking same as they demonstrated on Saturday evening. But it's it's a huge problem. And when you look at the way that Ireland have unearthed these players who will fucking back themselves, mm. and you know every you know pretty much every young back that they've brought in has at one moment or another in this championship gone. I, I'm going to put my fucking hand up and try something. And obviously, you know, Stockdale, yeah, Stockdale's the absolute fucking... Yes. Like, <laughs> every time he gets yeah. the ball, he's like, fuck it, I'll try something. What's the worst could happen? Yeah, I'll um, just run out the line and see if it works. Oh, yeah, it's worked yeah. twice. No, it's Brilliant. Twice. I'll carry on doing it then. Brilliant. <laughs> and uh, it's it's fucking fantastic to see. Unless and even Joey Carberry was injured for a while. Just came back oh, in. Yeah. It was seamless when he came fucking, on Saturday. Yeah, try it. Absolutely I'll try it. Yeah, no I'll problem. It's... You know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a problem. It's a real problem. It's um, interesting, isn't it? Because on the one hand, with Ireland, and taking all the points as well, on the mm-hmm. one hand, with Ireland, you, one argument could be, well, they nearly lost to France. It wasn't for like a once-in-a-generation drop goal. They were one pass away versus Wales. Yeah. So, you know, on the one hand, it's quite close. But actually, when you take the, the whole thing in its totality, they were clearly better than everybody else. They bossed possession in every single game they played. Oh, Nobody the could get the near them with the ball. They just took a little bit of time to get to a situation where they could start to get fluid enough to score some tries. I mean, they're not exactly a, they're not exactly a trip to the fairground to watch. And I don't, no. mean the, I don't mean the horrible to watch. I don't mean that by any means. It's just... But... And the, 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 probably the only team coming out the back of this where you can look at them and go, I know exactly where you're going. Mm-hmm. I know exactly who you're going there with. And I know how you're going to get there as well. Yeah. Everybody else, you're like, I haven't got a fucking clue. And no. actually, is it simply because, does it just simply come down to the leadership in the, in the, in the big art behind the big desk? Yeah. Because you can I slag mean, Schmidt off for all you want, and he's been a bit pissy with the journalists and that. But actually, he's obviously got a plan and he's executing it. He knows what he's perfectly. doing. Do you know I've got no idea what he's going to do next? Gatlin, fucking got, clueless, no idea. It's got a combination of that and he's got the perfect personnel to, ex- you know, yeah. you took Johnny Sexton and Conor Murray out of that team, I don't think they would be playing the way that they are. They have got two fucking generational talents at halfback. Yeah, that's true. And that's not a fucking bad place to but start But I wouldn't from. be heartbroken with, with another year's experience with Carberry and something like Marmion. No. I mean, it changes the team because they are, you know, are, they, you know, Sexton and, and, and Murray who, are ones for the ages, aren't they? But Yeah, and who knows how, you know, okay, they had a little cameo at the end of the All Blacks win, but, like, who knows how Carberry would perform under, you know, yeah, in a the Sexton... full glare of... Well, could, have, could he have dropped a foot? Yeah, exactly, could he yeah. have dropped a... Who, could he, yeah. who knows if he'd have done that? And maybe he will, because certainly he's... They're now they're coming through in an environment where that is kind of expected, because they've got Conor Murray and they've got Johnny Sexton to set the tone, and they've got Keith Earls and Rob Carney setting the tone, and they've got Peter O'Mahony setting the tone, and they've got Rory Best setting the tone, and it's, you know, that's and you got Ryan and you got Ryan and Levy who are relatively young leading yeah. properly leading from the front. Yeah. I mean the thing about Ryan is I mean he's had a brilliant tournament, right? So did Itoji. Yeah. He's been absolutely bobbins really this year. Itoji has. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. it can be very easy one year to the next. You yeah. don't you can't make the assumption he'll I mean he's been incredibly impressive, but you can't make the assumption he'll forever play like that. But having said that, you've still got Dylan to come in. There's plenty you've of talent got... there. 
She's still got a fucking Tag Furlong. Tag Furlong, of course, will be coming back, won't he? Uh, Jesus, Tag, Tag Burn, about... sorry. Tag, Tag Burn, yeah. yeah. Tag Furlong's yeah. definitely the there. Fuck yeah, me, yeah. he's already there. Um, yeah. But again, you know, with Tag Burn, it's like he could be incredible for Ireland. Or I, I always think of the Robin Copeland situation where Munster basically moved hell and high water to get him back from the Cardiff Blues when he was looking like an incredible like future number like heir apparent to Jamie Heaslip all this sort of stuff you know was played, played fucking brilliantly for the Blues and they moved heaven and earth to get him back in 2014 and he's played once for Ireland since <laughs> and, he's, and he barely yeah, gets no he can't like he's had injury problems and stuff but he's he has not got he's barely fit I think I'll check now actually He's made 63 appearances in four years for Munster, which, given he hasn't been playing any international rugby, mm. is, and he's going to Connacht at the end of next season. Because, bearing in mind that he played 50 times for the Blues in two years, it's mm. it doesn't always work out, and you you can't say these things are I'm sure things. I'm feeling in mind with him though. Burn looks like a fucking transcendental. Like he he looks a transcendent talent. Yeah. He absolutely does. I'm not doing down on him at all. But yeah. You, you never know. You never know. Um, but yeah, I, I think honestly, the thing that I kind of learned from the weekend in that regard is that Irish fans probably won't thank me for saying it, but they can fucking win the World Cup. They absolutely can. Like, they don't like everyone's saying, oh, they got to get out of the group first. They got to get past the quarterfinals. They never do it. Blah 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 blah. Fuck that. This Irish team is a different animal. From even the Irish team, you know, even the great Irish teams with Paul O'Connell and Brian Driscoll in it, mm. like this Irish team feels like a fucking different animal. And it certainly looks it's 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 so deep. They're and it, so deep. They're so deep and they're so consistent. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing unsurprising about their performance. Well, it's just basically a solid seven, eight out of ten every single yeah. time. Well, they play rugby and then like some a, more as well. Yeah. They play rugby like a fucking boa constrictor. You know, they just hold on to the ball and they just, it's like you say, it's not fucking champagne rugby. It's not brilliant to watch. But. But I make the point, it's, it's not just, awful to watch stifling. either. No, I'm it's not, not saying it's shit to watch. I quite like watching No, they them. score and good there's, tries. there's a quality about them that I really yeah. admire. Me too. I, I enjoy watching Ireland. And, all those, and, and no matter how miserable it might look in terms of the constriction, like your point, you know, when you've got the Sexton run around. You know, that's always something that pep that peps up everything. And there was that one sexton run around this time when didn't Ty Furlong pop the ball yes. to himself, yeah. wasn't it? It was Which just like a, it's it's kind of um it just shows that that thing for me, the whole Ty Furlong, it just shows what a remarkable team they're turning into. It's not just like hand like people talk about forwards handling but it's forwards having the fucking conviction to hand mm. like to play those passes and it's like little cameos has been so good this year like like key and healy's return that's yeah. gone under quite it, fucking it, hell he's been brilliant he's playing very well very i tell well. you what also jordan Lama, when he came after bundyaki went off he hasn't trained he's a fullback and a wing um schmidt said after the game he hadn't trained at 13 at all and for 20 minutes, he was fucking excellent. Yeah, there's, he, that, there's something about that instinctive talent that terrifies the yeah. shit out of me as somebody who isn't Irish. <laughs> he, 
But even on, yeah, massively so. But also on, not just on an attacking sense, where he had a couple of moments where just he hit the jets, and everyone in that English defence just went, oh, yeah. And but on defence, he was there, and he knew where he was supposed to be, and like that's a really fucking good coaching from Andy Farrell and from Joe Smith. But also just, you know, I don't want to get all golden generation bollocksy about it, but Christ on a bike. Yeah, I mean, you never know. But I, if you can't start making predictions about a team and a squad that's playing like that and has the depth of that, when can you? Yeah. You've got to play the percentages somehow, and it looks like it's going to go okay. You can never say anyone's going to win a World Cup, but they should be well they within a shout They should. Yeah. It's like, I would... You have to think, like, if would in a sort of win-or-go-home game, would you bet against anybody but like if you put Ireland against anyone but the All Blacks would you bet against them right I don't now, think no. I would no I wouldn't no, no. Not right now and and so with that mind they should rightly be thinking well fucking hell you know we've beaten the All Blacks once in the last year or two with this effective team it's a big challenge but it's not an unreasonable one and that's <laughs> and that's all about it that's that's that really, isn't it? <laughs> that's all I have to say about yeah. that. Yeah. What else? Have you, what have I learned then? What have you learned then? Um, I've learned. I haven't so much learned it, but I am conf- I'm convinced of it now. Italy would be a better team with Sergio Prese not in it now. Yeah, he was awful. He was fucking honkingly bad. <laughs> it was. Um, you could <laughs> the fetid it, stench was, was. I could smell it from here. Yeah. It was just like a comedy of fuck it I'll do it myself errors where he only tapped that just... penalty to himself and ran oh. straight in and then lost the ball and gave a penalty away which directly led well within a few phases to Scotland scoring and everything about him on Saturday was just it reeked of a man who despite all evidence to the contrary still doesn't trust anyone around him no yeah and like he's got a, he's the players around him were looking much better than he was and he was still trying to fucking super Sergio it and even when he was passing the ball he was passing it so badly well he was throwing unnecessary dummies which completely yes. confuses the runner which ruins trying to everyone's fucking timing <laughs> but he, he took oh. that ball in once and in he fizzed that pass at about 9,000 miles an hour like a Tomahawk cruise missile <laughs> straight into somebody's like behind somebody's shoulder and it was a like, knock yeah. on it's just like oh Christ almighty Sergio just Give it to somebody who knows what they're doing or just yeah, just, just actually that's... change your game and just start smashing it up. Then people know to follow you in. At the minute, they haven't got a fucking clue what it is you're going to do. It's That's the thing where it's kind of like... There's been talk that, oh, you know, Sergio should be moved to the lock for the World Cup, effectively. <clears throat> basically God, saying... He'd, be insuff- he'd never be in position. He'd be completely insufferable. No, and that's the other... Th- that's worked for Zanny because never... Zanny's got no ego. He just goes in there and yeah. does a job. He just, and... Sergio is all ego. Um, you know, part of that is not his fault because he's been made to carry this Italian team for 15 and fucking years. And then as well. He's a legend over <laughs> yeah. there as well, isn't he? Yeah. But, like, he... yeah, He's not going to go quietly into the second row, is he? <laughs> I mean, if he is, fair play to no, him. because and I'll revise still... that, yeah. That'll make me convince, yeah. convince me he is a team man, after all. Yeah. But I'm not seeing a great deal of evidence of that. And, yeah, when you look at the players around him, you know, 
they look like they're building some with Negri looking great mm. and uh, Paledri coming on and having an incredible oh, debut. Like, Dean Budd was outstanding on yeah. Saturday. And you honestly look at that and you just got to think, this team is moving on without you, old man. And, you know, he's he's 34 now or whatever. It's like he he can, he might he's one of the most transcendental talents of his fucking... I said transcendental. You said that at trans- least three times. Was, That's the second time you've said it today. What's wrong with you? I keep saying transcendent. I keep saying transcendental. By the way, it's a word you're using too often. What's wrong with you? I've been watching documentaries about American cults recently, so clearly <laughs> that's, that's some mad... Yeah, don't watch Netflix, kid. It fucks with your vocabulary. Anyway, he's one of the best talents of his generation, one of the biggest talents of his generation, but he, even Sergio, cannot defeat time. And... You know, it's it's the, he shouldn't be Italy's first choice number eight at the World Cup. He should still be in the squad probably, because I'm sure if you give him twenty minutes to fucking come on and empty the tank, he can still probably be old Sergio for a bit. Yeah, but, probably. But he's just he's not an eighty minute player anymore, and it's it's a problem. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I don't think anyone changed it. He's like undroppable. No. He's like, but uh, yeah. No. It's, um... I tell you what else is a problem. What's that? Scotland playing away from home. <laughs> that was shaping up to be the most Scotland thing ever. It really was. <laughs> and just, let's be honest, if Sergio hadn't fucked up oh, that no, pass yeah. and that they'd got they'd scored two tries in that period where they were literally just going through Scotland for fun. Um it still would have been. And if Sergio they, hadn't you know, fucked up that pass and then given that penalty away. Yeah. Both of them, you know, if, Sergio, if Sergio hadn't been on the field, <laughs> like, it's it's just, it's... I mean, credit to I Italy, they played it. very well on Saturday. They played incredibly they were very well. Di- incredibly dynamic, very, very... Ball, ball was coming out so quick. Yeah, but Scotland were fucking dog shit. Like, until that last 15 minutes where they finally clawed some respectability back... They just looked completely clueless a lot of the time, and the basic errors were just, oh, it was like, and it's not, if it was a one-off incident, I would understand it, but they obviously have a, and they've got a, a problem because, you know, the World Cup's next year, and that's all away from home. <laughs> like, it's all of it, yeah. <laughs> that's very. That's about as away from home as it gets. It doesn't matter how many lads in kilts you send over; it's still not going to be Murrayfield. And it's yeah. just—they need to get this monkey off their back. And it's hard to know what to do about it, really, because if they play like they played against England, they win that game. Can comprehensively. Yeah. It fucked up my fantasy understand. league, by the way. I had Hugh Jones and his be captain a lot. I thought this is going to be a right. Hugh Jones was my captain as well. Yeah. I'd absolutely stopped my team with Scots and you <laughs> fucking ruined it. Even more than I'd already ruined it myself. <laughs> yeah, and it's the personnel's there. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just yeah. I don't know. They need to get out of the blocks a bit more quickly and just maybe just focus on just trying to smash the shit out of things for the first twenty minutes away and stop throwing it around a bit. Yeah, it's, it's, it comes back to the kind of needing a plan B thing, isn't it, really? I hate to be that guy. Or well, having your plan could... A away is that you basically <laughs> yeah. smash the shit out of it for 20 minutes and then start... Uh... <laughs> yeah. 
So your plan A at home becomes your plan B away. There you go. Yeah. You can have that one for free, Gregor, if you're listening. <laughs> it, it, it's. I don't think. I think it's it's all fixable. That's the thing, isn't it? It's not like they're not like like you say. They've got the players. It's all there. But moving on, what did you learn from the what did you learn from the Wales game? Um, one other thing I learned from the Scotland game, yeah. uh, Scotland game, by the way, is that I do not love anything in my life as much as Pascal Gosset loves the sound of his whistle. <laughs> that man fucking adores blowing that yeah. thing. He polishes Literally. it up, takes it to bed with him a lot, <laughs> loves it. Um, also from that game, another I hate to go back to TMO things, but I think if a oh. ref has looked at something in open play and made a decision about it, the TMO shouldn't be able to overrule it. Because I saw that knock on and went, it's fine. Yeah. That, that's the end of it for me. Enough. Anyway. It's just a fucking um, joy splinterer. That fucking thing. <laughs> I that's got what the so job is. Angry. It's like being a fucking bailiff or something. It's like, just fuck off. <laughs> They're like traffic wardens, bailiffs, yeah. and Jehovah's Witnesses all rolled up into I've one. Disallowed that try because I've checked and you embroiled <laughs> in an embezzlement scandal in Puglia in 1994 or something. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but we can't go I can't go on that again I'll be in a foul move for the rest no, of this podcast no, let's, but yeah. let's not ruin this um, things I learned from Scotland uh, are from Wales France then um, I learned that France are and we it's, it's, they are the masters of the unwatchable game <laughs> you look back at every France game this year and for the last couple of years find me a game that they've played in that hasn't been a fucking shambles to watch, and has just been, they they bring everyone down to their level. Yeah, I'm not excusing Wales, by the way. It's Howley's saying... rugby chaos. That's what they managed to do. But <coughs> well, yet they... it's the shittest chaos you've ever seen. But it's 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 more like rugby fucking existential crisis. <laughs> you know, it's like it whatever Is it transcendental. Get... <laughs> Maybe. Um, it's transcendental should be the name of this podcast. <laughs> um, it, I just, there's something that they do to teams, no matter how good you are. And they even do it to the fucking All Blacks. Like, <laughs> like the All Blacks play France, and all of a sudden the All Blacks are like yeah. getting involved in like a horrendous fucking arm wrestle and, and the balls, squeaking. And like, the balls bouncing off their elbows and all squeak, sorts. Yeah, like there's something that France do, and it's to their credit to an extent. Absolutely, because it is. Yeah, they they stop other teams being able to play against them, and they suck other teams into playing this fucking hateful arm wrestle bollocks that's just i mean there's certainly if we regard rugby as an entertainment sport then they should probably be banned forever but well but without them you wouldn't have francois tranduc trying to catch yeah. that bouncing ball which led to the liam williams try would you which is the funniest <laughs> thing well no second funniest thing i saw all weekend it was peak france wasn't it really <laughs> he just comes jogging over and then he throws a shape that another human body could make as the ball goes flying over his head. It was like... basically some sort of interpretive dance, wasn't it? it was like... But it... yours, Francois. It's yours, mate. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> it's like on the one hand, the pod lifting shouldn't have fucked it up, but you always ex- you know expect the un- expect yes. your person in front of you to fuck up and be there. Oh dear me! Um, I mean, another thing that I learned is. That the manner of Wales versus France just left a bad taste in what should have been actually 
quite a positive tournament for Wales. Yeah, finished <laughs> like, second, yeah. They finished second. They played some genuinely excellent rugby at times. And they blooded in a whole load of depth. And but it all kind of just got fucking ruined by that game. And all of a sudden we're back to square one of people saying that Gatland can't he just needs to get rid of this comfort blanket of damn bigger and kick chase rugby forever because that's not how as Ireland are showing that's not how you win in modern rugby you we win by keeping the ball yes. and holding on and Wales look absolutely terrified whenever they hold on to the ball for anything more than three phases and their first impulse is to kick it off and kick because I... again it's 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 they don't want the responsibility of making a mistake you hold on to the ball I'd love to see how many tries came through the 13 channel in this tournament because i think yeah it's quite a number just going from memory i think quite a lot of them come to the 13 channel because of the squeeze and push-up defense if you get it right that's where the where the space is where the traditional 13 channel yeah. would have been because the 13 is usually pushing up so hard yeah and actually and even with the interceptions they come in the 13 channel they are aren't they it's not the 10 that's throwing yeah. the well, it is the ten, but it's, he's them, not but it's throwing into them the in. Thirteen yeah. channel, yeah. So it's, it's yeah. So there is something about attacks starting to figure out, and it, it's quite fascinating to see how this is going to play out over the next year. Actually, in terms of how this how this squeeze adapt this press defense adapt. this yeah, out yeah. to impress defense is going to either adapt or the attack will continue to adapt to score more tries as well. It's quite an interesting thing moving forward. Last point on England, by the way, I've learned today oh, yeah. that they only scored. Ten more points than Italy did. It's fucking terrible, isn't it? And, and, <laughs> and Italy that's... and Italy don't have to play themselves. Remember, yes, <laughs> they don't even have the benefit they don't get of playing to play themselves. themselves yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 a bad state of affairs, isn't it? And you know, I think Imagine for both England Scotland and Wales, scored nine more points than Italy. And Scotland are meant to be the super attacking, super verve force, aren't they? So. Well, what's obvious looking at the table is just how much better Ireland were than everyone. Than everybody else, yeah. <laughs> just unbelievable. It was men and boys with them this year, wasn't it? And yeah. I think certainly for Wales, one of those things that I learned from France is that Sam Warburton cannot come back quickly enough because that back row was just absolutely mashed. <laughs> and it made no difference when I... I not starting Aaron Shingler was fucking madness to me anyway, mm-hmm. but even when, he, you know, he's not a fucking... Unit, he's not a physically impotent. Like, it was, I didn't understand any of Gatlin's team selection for this for the France game. I got it in that he wanted to, you know, hmm. it's like you finish second, you get three and a half million quid. Like, for the Welsh Rugby Union, that is not an insignificant amount of cash. So, you there's I'll a pay for a fine... George North somehow. Well, exactly. And so, it's it's fair enough that they would go into that game saying, let's win this. But then you pick that back row with that fly-off and it doesn't make any sense. And with that back line, and it's like either you try to play him off the park and you pick one of Anscombe or Patchell at 10, or if you're planning to get into an arm wrestle, which the selection of Dan Bigger would indicate that he was, then you need a back row that's actually capable of fucking mixing it up. Hmm. Like, because for all the qualities that Navidi and Tipperick have in their own skill sets, and Falatau as well, you know, they're not fucking bruisers. No. And, you know, God, how much better did Wales look when as soon as they brought Bradley Davis on and all of a yeah, sudden Bradley nasty. Davis just started. You need a bit, need a bit of nasty. 
Yeah, he started hitting rocks and people with a sort of deranged relish that only a genuine arsehole can provide. <laughs> and, you know, where was Ross Moriarty in all this? Is he injured again? Um, I don't know, actually. Or is he just in the doghouse being look, just... really bad? <laughs> I think he'd realise he probably wasn't fit enough either way. Yeah. And wasn't ready. Um... Or Ellis Jenkins, you know. They needed somebody with a bit of fucking dog, and that is Sam Warburton when he comes back, and he can't come back quick enough. When's he due back now? Um, he says he's going to be. He says he's going to be fit and uh, firing again for preseason next year. Oh, right, so, well, right now, yeah. then. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, very quickly, fantasy league update. Thanks to everybody that played. Yes. I finished in fifty-second position. A big drop of eighteen places this week, though. I'm guessing compared to me, that's quite impressive. I must shout out the in fifty-four fifty-first position is the team that's simply called. Shit house 15, which I think is brilliant. I'm sorry you didn't do better with a name like that. Shit house 15. However, there was no change in the top three this week, and the winner of the bloodandmud.com Six Nations Fantasy League pool is Panda Bear's Barefoot Paws, and that was Panda Bear with 937 points. Well done to you. Second place, San Fermin RC from Duarte, and third place, Conan triple sevens feisty starlings so thank you I kind of feel like we actually have some more celebrity music bed no, underneath no, yeah, that I haven't, I haven't really yeah. got anything yeah I don't think I have anyway I, I, well I have to be picking the pops yeah at number nine it was Madeira's New Crusaders at number eight Fusey's <laughs> Zalad's Leopards at number seven it was Stefan Boyty's at number six, Stateside Rugby Sublime Bolters. And five with Living Navidi Loca. Number four saw Rugby Rob Rob Howley's Rugby Chaos trying to push up there. Number three, Conan 775 Sterling. Number two, San Fermin Rugby Club. And at number one, your champion for this week was Panda Bears Barefoot Paws. I enjoyed the pause you took before Panda Bear's Barefoot Pause because it was kind of like, yeah. But, but there you go. Yes, congratulations to everyone who did significantly so, better than me. If Panda um, Bear's... Bear... You haven't even bothered looking where I finished, have you? Because you're off the page. I can't even use the find function. <laughs> terrible, terrible. But anyway, so Panda Bear, if you'd like to get in touch with us at Blood and Mud or via the direct message or lee at bloodandmud.com, I can get you some details off you and I can send you... Some prizes. I've actually got some. <laughs> Keep it nebulous. That's yeah, what some like. prizes. <laughs> um, right, so that's well, yes, the fancy so league. Thank you, everybody. Good, a good time was had by all. It uh, was. It was good fun, actually. Yes, it was. It, when the, the weeks that I remember to do it, it was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like shaving. But yeah, so yes. um, we Again, can't mention shaving this because Razor Companies hate us. <laughs> in fact, they don't even hate us. They're so indifferent to our existence that basically they, they, they don't even have a feeling like hate. Yeah, we're, the, we're literally the only podcast on the planet that isn't sponsored by <laughs> Harry Shave Club. So, uh, or Gillette or somebody, Gillette, basically. Somebody, or Dollar yeah. Shave Club or, or whatever, the, whatever the fuck. Is it because they know that I haven't had a wet shave since like 2009? And I've got a beard, so I yeah. couldn't honestly reflect their brand very well. If you, if Mind you, you I don't like, drink. I, I try to flog beer. I don't, you know, I've got no principles on this one. So, no. Anyway, well, we all had no principles, but yeah. 
Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Anyway, shall we do our shit and good teams of the tournament? We should do that. Which, what do you want to go with first? Um, shall we go good first? Oh, okay, interesting. Right then, are we going full back first? <laughs> it's interesting. It's not interesting, <laughs> it's not interesting at, all. at all. No. no. Uh, yes. Should we start in uh, ascending numerical order? Right. One to fifteen. Go on. That's then. how I've got mine. That's how I've got mine written okay. down. Anyway. Um. So number one, uh, Keen Healy. Yes, I had Keen Healy as well. I agree. Hooker was a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went I for Gim. Garado I went with Garado in the end, but it was a tough was... one between him and Rory Best, I think. Yeah. And Stuart and, McAnally and did well for Scotland as well. He did do very well, actually. And, uh, yeah, it was a hard one, but I think Garado just about... Garado, because he's the only bit of sense in that team, so he gets it's extra very points true. for that. And um, then, obviously, the tight head obviously. is Ty Furlong, who was, of course it is. who's not been named in the uh, player of the tournament shortlist, by the way. That's very Which stupid. Which is incredible because he was... Well, it's incredible because he was incredible all the way yeah. through. Yeah, genuinely brilliant. Um, Second row. I've gone for James Ryan yes, and Alan Wynne-Jones. Oh, for James Ryan, I could have gone for Alan Wynne. I chucked Ian Henderson in there. He was excellent. It was a pretty he, strong tournament for second rows, actually. It was a very good... Even launch where you tailed off a bit was very good for... Very a, good at the start, yeah. yeah. Gabriel was very good for France. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest with you, you know, Gray was very good. Johnny Gray, good as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Grant Swinton Gilchrist good. had a good tournament. Gilchrist, sorry, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's it's it has been a very good tournament actually. I mean, even even Devin Turner was quite good when he came on. The screaming you know? skull. Yeah, Ghost Corey, Rider. <laughs> Corey Hill was very good. He was good. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a good one it's for second rounds. I'm telling it's, you. It's, the Lions will not be short of decent no, second again, rows. Again, there'll be more controversy in a few yeah, years' yeah. time. Oh, fucking hellfire. <laughs> um, back row, then. Back row. Six again. Tricky one, six for me. Yeah, good, I, a lot. I went for Negri simply because to shine that brightly in Italy, in the Italy team, even when they were doing badly, shows you're having I, a bloody good tournament. I went for Peter Romani just because... But again, I could have gone for super, him, yeah. But I could have easily gone for Negri or Aaron Shingler as well. Or John Barkley or, and Pat, he had a John Barkley, yeah. He's probably in the next level down, but certainly Shingler, Negri, Peter Romani, I mean, yeah. Even Chris Robshaw for like two games was fucking excellent. When he got when he played six, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as they moved him into seven, Kel Surprise, it all went a bit wrong. But uh, And seven yeah. the same. So it has been some good performances at seven as well. Yeah. Uh, I went for Camera. I went for Dan Levy. I, I think he's been outstanding. I, but I, again, can't I, argue I, with camera. Yeah. Nanders went for throw, the Mish. I had to be honest I with could, myself. We could have gone for the honourable I could have gone for the Mish. Yeah. I could, but I had to be honest with myself. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do, be honest with myself, about the Mish not mm-hmm. being in this team. 
yeah, I think Levy, to be honest with you, Camera or Levy, I think you could toss a coin. Levy's probably been the more impactful player, yes. but Camera just, I really like him, look of him as a player. He looks. Yes, I'm like looking he, forward to seeing much more of him if France can finally. But to be honest, I mean, you know, France, defence is good. They squeeze the mm. life out of you. The, mm. the, the front, the forward platform is okay. It's the madness behind you've got to sort. If they could attack, they'd be fucking lethal. Well, the thing is, he's obviously... they're just... good at stopping you playing, they just have also stopped well, themselves just wait... playing. He's obviously just waiting for Jalabert to come back, isn't he? Yeah. He's waiting for Jalabert to come back. And when you think about the scrum halves they've got, they've got Parra, the old stager, they've got Machino, he's been all right. They've got Dupont, they've got the absolutely glorious pixie-like Baptiste Saran. <laughs> so, you know, well, I haven't seen the... nearly enough of this. No, we haven't seen nearly way. enough of Even though I did see him up close at, at Murrayfield. Right, anyway, so yeah, we've gone for Dan Levy or Camera. I'd be happy yeah. with any of those other On the flip side of it being really hard to pick uh, locks and loose forwards, number eight. Not a good year for number eight. It's not been. I've gone I mean... for Sergio Paris. <laughs> 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 I have because, because I've fallen back on the fact that you're supposed to. <laughs> um, I haven't really, but oh, go on. No, of course you aren't. Um, I went for Stander. I went for standard, by... In, yeah, by default. <laughs> Although I think Falata, even though he's only played three games or whatever, yeah, two games, or I can't even remember how many games it was, he's been fucking excellent. He has. Um, but standard, I suppose, for being there all the way through it, and the team that won seems fair enough to me. Although he missed the uh, the Italy game. He wasn't picked. All oh, right, yeah. So, yeah, but yeah count, he's only it? played four games as well. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's not been a good year for number eight. It hasn't. At all. It hasn't. Although right. the French, the French lad whose name escapes me, uh, has looked quite good. Oh fucking hell! What's his name? Not Gordon, because he was dropped through the shenanigans, no. wasn't he? No, the one who's been playing the last couple of games, young lad. Ah, bear with me. And pick. I it's... can't remember his name either. <laughs> um, Tolien or whatever his name is, Tolien. I can't even remember how you pronounce it. T a u l i. E oh, yeah. that guy. Yeah, Tolane. Yeah. Tolane, Tolane, that's the one. Yes. Yeah, he's been all right. Marco yeah. Tolane. Yeah, he's been pretty good. He looks like one for the future. Um, that was French with Josh and Lee. Uh, <laughs> French and that. France rugby with Josh and Lee. <laughs> yeah. Right, should we go in the backs? Um, yes. Um, yep, Murray and Sexton, obviously. Yes. Uh, fair play. Honourable mention for Glacial Greg for not yes. being glacial anymore and Quite having right, fucking yeah. balls of iron in several games uh but yeah it's obviously Marion sexton uh 11 jacob stockdale obviously yes, the easiest pick of I them mean, all jesus christ uh who do you have for 12 hadley parks yes likewise um even though he was shit against france i mean aki did okay he did do okay he had some nice touches with but some did shoulder somebody in the face so you know <laughs> yeah yeah, um, and everybody else was just, you know, Owen Farrell yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. off this game. I Distribution um, Bastero, of course. 13? Well, no, I'm just oh, saying. Oh, yeah, we had, he was a 12. He was a 12. Was he's he? Distribution oh, yeah. Bastero now. Oh, of course he He's is. a new yeah. second creative pivot for the French future. Mm-hmm. I think I, mean, I couldn't I... put him in this team because I'm still really struggling to understand what it is. I need more time to evaluate I, it all. I, I find I am still... <clears throat> Deeply confused <laughs> yes, by the... not only distribution yeah. Bastero, but Jacqueline Bastero. Jacqueline Bastero. One... Yeah, he's got some of a history of that, but yeah, Jacqueline Bastero. But he's really good at it now. <laughs> and I, do, 
<laughs> I don't understand how a man that fat... And Captain Bastro can... as well, of course. Well, yeah, but how does a man that fat pivot in a way that enables him to clamp himself over the ball without having his hands without on the his floor. space hopper rubbing on the floor at least a bit well also just you look at the mass that he's got up top <laughs> like unless he's literally got studs that are about six inches long and he's literally planting them into the ground like he's some sort of sunflower like I don't understand it's how like physics a cantilever stand or some of the well, flat, exactly. it's like an inspector gadget feet cantilever arse <laughs> but like it's it's it doesn't. It defies physics. And I mean, fair play to him if he's doing it. Or more likely, every single breakdown he competes at, it's fucking illegal. But nobody's noticing. Yeah, but, you and, know. and fair play to him. You've got to take the, the chance, case. haven't you? You take the yeah. chance. You go for it. He Everyone knows you can get. You can easily not be penalised for basically lying all over the fucking ball, yeah. as Ireland discovered against Wales, for example. <laughs> yes. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so anyway, we had Parks at twelve, thirty-nine yes. ring rows. Uh, 39 to Hugh Jones because he was so very good at, the at times. I just think it's for Ringrose just coming in for the two games he was in. He was just impeccable, really. It was hard to find any fault yeah. with him at all. Yeah. And, and I, I can't mean, forget Hugh Jones mangling all those passes. And he was shit against Italy as well. But we'll come on to that. Um, 14? Uh, Earls. Sorry. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, me too. No, I mean, for all of my personal dislike of him as a player throughout the years, this is the best he has ever looked by a fucking country. He looks mile. as good now. He looked this good when he came through at 13 for Munster. Remember <laughs> yes, when he first came yeah, through in 09 yeah. at Munster? He went on the line Outstanding, yeah. yeah. And he looks as kind of dynamic and speedy as he did he's then. He's got quicker. Yeah. He's got quicker over five yards, and I don't know how, but fair play to him. Yeah. He's brilliant. And then a fullback, of course. I know what you're going to pick. Do we even yeah, need even to... Have to go into this, do we? <laughs> Our Lord and Saviour Matteo Minotti, obviously. Little dancing dwarf and Minotti. The diminutive dwarf and Italian I dwarf diminutive fullback. I fucking love <laughs> he him. He scored again on the weekend. Of course he, was, he did. Was, he just walked over and touched it down. That doesn't matter. It was still the greatest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. He could have scored a couple more, if I'm brutally honest, if somebody had <laughs> given him the fucking ball. Yeah, there was. Who was it didn't give the ball to him? <laughs> It was somebody. I don't think give it was Give it to Minotti has to become a uh, like a give it to yeah. Shane thing has to become yeah. a, a thing. Well, he's, he's literally the only bit of dynamism that backline has. Oh, outstanding. So, oh, I just love him. I love it. I also love him in that less than 12 months ago, he was just playing for Calvisiano and was kind of like, and was doing, I looked, I, I came across his Instagram yesterday and I came noticed. across his Instagram, <laughs> avidly looking for his Instagram more like. <laughs> However, I came across it. <laughs> He's not important. I came That's across not the point. it. Yes. I was scrolling through his photos, and like this time last year, he Instagrammed a photo of Craig of Quade Cooper on his birthday, saying "Happy birthday, Quade Cooper, my inspiration," <laughs> which I just made me love him so much more. He was still a fan twelve months. He was ago. still a fan of Quade of, of notorious show pony arsehole Quade Cooper. <laughs> as early as this this time last year, um, and also was posting things like when the Blues played Carvaciano in the Challenge Cup last year. He was like really thrilled to have a photo with Sam Warburton. And this was like oh, a year ago. Oh, God, and, I didn't think it was possible to love him more. I yeah. know. He's just, oh, he's so endearing. And now look at him. He's fucking brilliant. And he's the future of Italian rugby. And hes I would like to adopt him. Sidestep, lateral movement forever. Oh, literally nothing but sidesteps. <laughs> Never forward, always sidestep. He is like the Italian crab. That's, that's his new nickname. There we go. 
yes, so that was easy. That was the good. Shall we do the shit team of the tournament, Josh? Well, I suppose we have to, don't we? Because for every yin, there must be a yang. Yang, yes. A yang? Yan. Is it yang my, yang? my words are I fucking thought, all over the place. I thought today, it was they? yang. Maybe it is. Maybe you are. Anyway, let's, before we go down that tunnel, let's pull <laughs> ourselves back and get into the shit team. Right, shit team. Yes. The front row. Number one. Rob Evans. Weirdly, he's been named in the team of the tournament. I know, and he has had good moments, but he's also had moments where he's been totally fucking anonymous. I had Mako. By his... Yeah, because he's, he's tried also his... been named in a couple of teams of the tournament as well. Bizarre. I don't think either of them have been particularly brilliant, to be honest. Like, Rob Evans, I, th- I he's had some good moments. He was very good against Scotland, for example, but then for the rest of the tournament, he has not really put his hand up at all. And uh, was shit along with everybody else. I had Marco anyway. Hard to, yeah. Everybody else, it's hard to... Italy did okay in the front row. Mm-hmm. France kept changing theirs, so it's hard yeah. to sort of... Uh... And Scotland did much better than everybody expected. Yeah, it? yeah. So, really so by his own standards, I had Marco. Same with uh, Hooker. Did you Again? George? Oh, that's harsh but fair. I had Ken Owens because I think he has entirely gone through this tournament on fucking reputation. I think Jamie George mainly because he took his chance of starting a game with both hands so badly, smashed it over his head and got himself taken to hospital, basically. Yeah. Yeah, for me, Ken was more disappointing. It was less shit than just... Ken was anonymous in the... I can't remember him making one big carry or doing one big offloady. and that's a big part of his game, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, he just... I mean, his his line-up was, was fine, but... He just looked like, given how good Elliot D was in the Italy, in the Italy game, I think he wants to start looking over his shoulder. Yeah. But anyway, uh, tight head. Tight head. It uh, it upsets me greatly to have to say this. Yes. But I think it, I, I've put Samson Lee in here. I I could not choose between Samson Lee or Dan Cole. To be totally honest with you. Yeah. Dan Cole, because the only time I ever heard his name being mentioned was when conceding a penalty for the entire... Like Sam Simmons on Saturday, like he was an, the invisible man. <laughs> right up until the point where he conceded a penalty, yeah. <laughs> it was, oh, shit, is he oh, playing? Oh, shit, is he playing? Yes, he is. He's lying all over the ball again. Um, yeah. yeah, so Samson, it, it troubles Samson. me greatly. I mean, but when your entire front row gets hooked off <laughs> after 46 minutes and everyone's all of you off, Fucking yeah. nightmare. We've had enough of this. Yeah, no, it wasn't good, was it? Uh, four? Four, Itoji. I've got Itoji as well. Oh, he, looks... he just looks a bit... He's just. He he's, having a, he's, having, he's having a difficult third album, isn't he? He is. He looks knackered. And I think he's just... As we've discussed on more than one occasion, the more that his powers wane through tiredness or lack of form, the more... It's like there's a sort of like scales with shouting and playing <laughs> well. And the worse he plays, the more he shouts. It's the divided lines. Yeah. Just... It's like we need to get that the seesaw. The full clapping of... Bellendry line. <laughs> I mean, you have to be the right you like, side you of like it. You like graphs and flowcharts, mate. I could do something with like that. do something on that, yeah. But there's definitely an axis there where he has become more of an annoying bastard 
the more I don't useful. find him as annoying as you do, but yeah, for understandable <laughs> I reasons. That, but uh... I don't find it that annoying, but I just think whenever I, whenever the ref is picked, like something is picked up on the ref mic in an England game, it's always him. Yeah, he's always shouting, and his voice is quite shrill, <laughs> and it irks me a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah it, by his almost unimaginably high standards, he's been a bit of shit this tournament. Um, number five for me is Vahamina. Of course it is. The man is a fucking liability. The penalty machine. He's a combination of... He's like a penalty machine that's made out of a collection of iron lungs stuck together <laughs> with some robot legs. He's just he, a moron, He's isn't just he? like, yeah, he's massive. Looks like Carl Drogo. Yeah. Absolutely massive. Yeah. Should be the most powerful weapon you could have on your team. It's, well, he's yeah. basically Will Skelton. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you he should is. be he's terrifying, and yet, yeah. and yet. And yet here you are giving away another penalty for <laughs> an absolutely stupid reason. You are going to stop it, stup- and on the verge of throwing up after 10 minutes. It's it, Yeah, he's just not very good, is he? I don't really think he's quite test quality, but here we are. Um, Who's your six? Back row, then. Uh, I sort of... Again, it's been a good tournament for sixes, has, so yeah. there wasn't that many. I kind of went for Courtney Laws just because he's kind I of... I did, simply because when England were at the worst in the back row, he was playing six. Yeah. I need a conversation. He's not unfortunate a, for him. He's asked to he's play not there, a, He's not a six. Not at this level, I don't think. No. Not permanently, anyway. In the same way that Itoje isn't a six either. They kind of... You know, Rob Shaw, he is a six. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I've got Rob Shaw in this team as a seven. <laughs> That's, I I went for Justin Tipperick just because somebody in a Wales seven shirt deserves to fucking pay the price for this. <laughs> Absolute shambles. Somebody will answer for this. <laughs> yeah, some, somebody has to answer for this. And Josh Navidi has shown... I could have picked him, but people would have said that I was just picking on him like I always do. Yes. But... Some the back of the the seven jersey for the entire tournament for Wales was a fucking problem, and the breakdown was a massive problem. And I choose to blame the one I love. Because um, <laughs> he'll forgive you. He will forgive me. It is his lovely blue scrum pap. So yeah, um, eight eight Hughes. I went for. I went for Sergio. Oh, course, Sergio. Actually, yeah, scratch that. I went for Hughes because he was just very ineffective, but I'm going for Sergio because he was a fucking shambles. <laughs> I also honourable, well, dishonourable mention, I suppose, for Ross Moriarty as well, who was fucking just, just not, not very, fit. very. It's Literally very, very, fit. very upsetting that Samson Lee and Ross oh. Moriarty are basically anywhere near this team. But I know, it just shows it you, ladies and gentlemen listening, that we are honest people. We are no, honest we brokers. Are, we do not play favourites round here. I yeah. throw my Justin Tipperick sacrificial lamb on the fire and get very upset about Ross Moriarty. So there we are. We need backs to go on to... Then. We need to go, oh, God, sorry. We've stopped all the backs, have we? No, clever, yeah. Let's, rattle Let's be quick. These. Come on, we're running out of time. Nine. Violi. Gareth Davis. Yeah. Same Nine. Shit. Can't so, control again. Yeah. yeah. Violi, yeah. Uh, Violi, just, just, just a bit shit, really. Violi, yeah, Gareth bit... Davis just cannot control a game of international yeah. rugby to save his life. Ten, uh, ten. George Ford. Uh, I went for the dual-headed Hydra of Lionel Boxes and Francois Trondy. But the thing Fuck. is, I can't put them in shit because I, that's what I expect them to be. 
that's very true. Whereas with that Ford, you know, they performed exactly to the level I expected them to perform. Whereas <laughs> with Ford, it wasn't. That is true. Um, Eleven then. Um, Liam Williams. Uh, see, I went for Liam Williams on the other wing. Well, um, yeah, so two wings, whatever. And then, yeah. yeah, and then I went for Tommy Seymour on I the did. other. I went for Williams and Seymour exactly. Yeah, because mainly because Tommy Seymour seems to have completely forgotten how to score tries. Bizarre. Which he used to be really good at. Scored, lo- scored on the Lions tour and everything. Scottish yeah. people were very upset about it. <laughs> and centres then. Jonathan Joseph. Uh, I went. I went for uh, Bisegni because he's just so slow. He's very so, so slow. And Bonnie, of course, so slow. Yes. But JJ just looks. He just looks wretched. Totally lost. Absolutely, <laughs> lost. absolutely wretched. I mean, the weekend he can't even pass anymore. No, it, it, he no longer dances. I don't understand what Awful. he does. He doesn't dance. Yeah. Uh, of twelve, I went for Benteo because I still have yet to see anything that convinces me that he belongs there. Well, on the line story, looked like he belonged. Yeah, but that's under the magnificent coaching of Warren Gatman. You put him in in an England shirt and he is fucking toilet. If anybody can coach a limited 12 to a longer international career. Exactly. Yeah, I had Chris Harris on the strength of one game. He was so bad. I've forgotten about him. Jesus, (laughs) he was shit. Uh, And then 15. Again, not a bad tournament for fullbacks, I didn't think. Even Brown, uh, for all of our piss taking, Brown did okay. Had a good, yeah. had an okay would, tournament. To be honest, with you, you should probably put Teddy Tomar at for at one one of the wing just because of the how to spectacularly fuck your own international career. Just yeah, because he was, up. he'd have been all over this good team if it had continued. Yeah, he absolutely would have. Um, and then stick Liam Williams at fullback because he was fucking hatefully bad <laughs> in that one game he had against a fullback against Italy. True. One of the worst performances I've ever seen. True enough. Well, there we are. So there we are. Shall we rattle some shit good through Let's then? Let's we'll, we'll rattle through some finish. shit good. First of all, I've already mentioned him in the team, but shit for me this weekend mm. was, did you see Violi's chicken shit kick of the ball rather than diving on it? Yes. And what's, what, one, that's unforgivable. Yes. And, for, and how do you look yourself in a mirror after doing that? And also, it was only fucking Finn Russell running at him. I know. It wasn't like he was, you He's know, Gilchrist rumbling at him or Johnny Gray. It was just <laughs> Finn Russell with his with his spaghetti arms coming at you. It's like, seriously, just dive on the ball. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Speaking of shit in that regard, by the way, Finn Russell. <laughs> we know we know what he is. It shouldn't shock anyone now. And when he's having one, he's having one. And he had one. Hmm. Um, also, Hugh Jones just looked like a man haunted by replays of that pass from last week. <laughs> Please don't bat he, the ball. I don't, he just, unless I've got a clear so, run to the line, I don't want the ball. so sad. Yes. Any other shit from you before I go to Twitter? Um, Liam Williams was, wasn't quite as bad as he was last week, but that's, that's a, very... A very relative measure, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and, of course, our friend Francois Tranduke, because when... Lionel Bexis looks like the sort of composed option off the bench. That's not a good sign. Missing from all. in front. Well done, Francois. Mm. I mean, unless you could have, would it have been second if he'd have kicked that kick? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. How could a team that looks that bad, at least Wales looked good in parts for a no, second it's, place? It's what I'm saying that it's the France conundrum. They will destroy anybody else's way of playing, but cannot play themselves either. It's weird. Yes. All they know how to do is destroy. It's like Genghis Khan. 
Yeah. What he didn't understand, he destroyed, like cities and stuff. That's basically <laughs> what France do. We've come here to destroy your plain rugby. <laughs> we'll put lay siege to you. Yeah. Right, so what, um, what shit did we have from Twitter? We had Bill Webster got in touch. Thanks for getting in touch, Bill. Blood and Wood, and he said, Good was Wales' defence with Bigger at 10. Undoubtedly so. However, shit was Wales' attack with Bigger at 10. Yeah. <laughs> Well, same old story with that, eh? He uh, was very good on defence, though. Got to give it to him. Well, yeah, yeah. They've got to, they've got to, they've got to do a twist on him at some point. Oh, massively so. It's got to change. But yeah. Any more shit from you? Uh, one, a general one. Mm. But commentators on Italy matches who constantly refer to other countries that Italian players were eligible to play for. Like yeah. it was unbelievable on that Scotland Italy game like we always have the Tommy Allen one always yeah. but like I, I, why are they so preoccupied with telling us over and over again who Tommy Allen or Jaden Hayward or Dean Budd or Jake Pledry could have played for like they're not constantly telling us that Nathan Hughes was eligible for Fiji or no, that Hugh Jones could have yeah. played for and the, Hugh the, Jones could have played for England or England Wales England in particular get a really easy ride on this one yeah the Irish oh, get uh, fucking... Bundyaki gets it rolled out quite a bit yeah um, so does CJ Stander. The English get away with it completely. Absolutely, entirely. Um, you know, was there any fucking mention of of uh, a certain extra back rower who enjoys a little bit of karaoke's <laughs> other nationality on the weekend when he came on? I don't think there was. Well, um, you know, Gareth Anscombe used to have it a little bit, but nobody mentions the fact that he played for New Zealand under twenties anymore. You know, nobody mentions that Hugh Jones was entirely eligible for Wales and England as well as Scotland. It's it's when Ian McKinley was speaks... called up to the squad, some website actually did say Irishman called up to Italy squad. It's like, no, he's Italian now. Yeah. You can you know, it's fine. if you want to write in the detail that he used to he came from us are fair enough, but don't make that the fucking headline. Do you know what I mean? No. It just reeks a little bit of sort of slight sneering. It is I didn't really like it. And you're still shit, even though you got on the yeah. players with you. Hey, speaking yeah. of that nasal thing, what's Eddie going to do now? Now they've not won all those <laughs> test matches. You'd have to say, won't he? We went fucking zero test matches of it, mate. <laughs> what else uh, have we got this shit? Uh, um, go on. I'll tell you what was shit. The condition, did you see the conditions at Rotherham versus Bristol on the weekend? Oh, I saw your picture Jeez. of it, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, amazingly, that game finished. Wakefield's game in the Rugby League was exactly the same. It was un- it was ridiculous. And Wakefield <laughs> playing white with like a blue V. It was even- <laughs> Literally, when you're a player standing on the sideline and you cannot see anything that's going on in the game in front of you, things are not gone well weather-wise. <laughs> that reminds me of our end-of-season uh, rugby dues in the club I played for. The tradition was to play naked cricket at 3 o'clock in the morning on the pitch Classic. with no lights. So why it was naked, I don't know. And you just have a ball would hit you on the arse. To preserve the modesty, obviously. Because to make it a bit more classy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you couldn't see a thing that was happening there either. Anyway, what else we got from Twitter? Nick Pritstick got in touch on Twitter. He said, shit, with all the close games this weekend, the fact that Man of the Match has to be awarded to the winning team. It's Man of the Match, not Man of the Winning Team. I don't think it does have to. It doesn't have to. (laughs) But but, it generally does. Because otherwise you end up with a launch pre scenario, don't you? In the World Cup. When he looked like a sort of... When he looked like a depressed bloodhound after they'd given yeah. him out of the match. And, they, the and, and those World Cup men, Man of the Match awards that looked like face huggers. <laughs> oh, dear. Matter. Yeah, so in a way, Nick, I see what you're saying, but you, it's not a good look. <laughs> it's it's not, is it? There's nothing to I'd play I'd love to somebody like... to give Mike Brown Man of the Match after he just lost. 
just to see yeah. him smash it, bite, bite it with his teeth and break it up or something. Well, that's the thing. It's like the last. It's like a fucking participation trophy, isn't it? Oh, well, you lost, but you played really played. well. <laughs> it's like, who the so, fuck yeah. wants that? So, yeah, I think, yeah, we have to just to quietly respect the fact that we might know that they've played very well, but we don't want to recognise it because it doesn't look great. <laughs> uh, what else we got from Twitter? What shit? Tom Dare got in touch and said, shit, you've already mentioned it. Gareth Davis. Wales will win absolutely shit all, shit all with an empty-headed Gareth Bale impersonator making awful decisions at half-back, however nippy he is off the base. Yes. Strong point, which I, I think we generally agree with. Yeah, it's hard to... to I, oh God, don't get me started. Anyway. And stateside rugby said that shit was Furlong not being nominated for player of the tournament. Yes, you're the one who informed me of that, so thanks very much. And then I nicked it earlier. <laughs> So, yeah, know, I'm sorry about that, but I did it. <laughs> but I've, I've given you due, I've given you due uh, reward and credit now. Brendan um, Ford, Adam Reese is yes. uh, shit. Uh, people at uh, the good people at Media Wales claiming that Lee Halfpenny is so good that uh, had the French had him at Agincourt, things might have turned out differently. <laughs> what the fuck? Because he's very good at defence and accurate. And what he's what Adam is rightly saying is that. If you're going to wade into historical metaphors, <laughs> don't. I can feel a. Se- do I can, a spend I can ten feel minutes a, on Wikipedia. I can, feel a regular, I can feel a regular segment coming on though. <laughs> the, yes. um, <clears throat> yeah. Did you also see that Scrum Five tweeted that picture celebrating that Wales finished second and England finished fifth? Yeah. It's, it's like quite... what the fuck is wrong with you people? And did you see BBC Scrum Five, the the BBC Five Live account. Mm. basically taking the piss out of Parise for losing 100 test oh, matches. Yeah, that was horrible, wasn't and it? And the thing is, I mean, we've just massively taken Adago at him, but we're just basing it on the fact that he's not playing very well now and without, like with any other player. Yeah. But to rubbish his entire career yeah. on the basis not... that he's not played in a winning team. And at no point in this podcast have we gone, ah, and he's lost 100 tests. Yeah, he's well shit. Just... It's basically... yeah. <laughs> he's been one of the best number eights of his generation. Yeah. Arguably Dickhead. the best, if you want to, you know... It... Absolute tits. He took it down quite quickly when the, the opprobrium came on top. Yeah. Uh, anything else that's shit? We'll be able to go. Uh, I think I'm done for shits. We good, good, crack good. On with goods. Good. Jake Paledri. Good. Yes. What a debut. <laughs> Boom. Him in the mish. Boom, banger, bang. Yeah. To be honest with you, Tommaso slash Tommy Allen. <laughs> he played not for just... Scotland under 23s, you know. Oh, did he really? Wow. <laughs> I did not know that. Anyway, honestly, he's been. Pretty decent all tournament. He's been pretty solid. It's not been his like, fault. No, <laughs> it's, it's not his fault. He throws. It's not, it's, his, it's not his fault. He has to throw it to two traction engines in the middle of the park. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like given that everyone was sort of going, uh, getting the vapors about Carlo Canna this time last year or the year before, maybe. You know, he's come on there and he sort of looks like they've kind of got that ten shirt sorted now. He looks reliable. He's not like a complete fucking goal-kicking liability like somebody I could mention, Kelly Hymona. Um, <laughs> oh, Kelly Hymona. Oh, I miss God. Kelly Hymona. I genuinely miss Kelly Hymona. That was entertaining. Paul that Griffin. Was fun. Oh, they've had some oh, shit there, haven't they? Oh. <laughs> I can't believe we never spoke last week about uh, Luke McLean being in the uh, in the BBC punditry sofa for Wales Italy last week. Amazing. With hair that sort of. How would like you it was ruin this game, Luke? The... <laughs> Luke, why have you modelled your hair on Krusty the Clown? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, and of course, our Lord and Saviour, Matteo Minotti. Of course. Who 
Oh, uh, we've covered them already. Connor Murray, yeah, Glacial yeah. Greg, yeah, yeah. Stockdale. Done in the teams of the tournament, haven't we? What have we got? They're all very good. Came here from Twitter. Bath Bites has said, yes, good. No matter how many times you watch the ball bounce off James Haskell's noggin, it never <laughs> stops you smiling. I mean, that was great. I laughed so much that my son came running from downstairs to see what it was I was watching, <laughs> from upstairs to see what it was I was watching. <laughs> and I rewound it, was... it and he laughed as well. I, 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 I'm the thing that it's most completely childish, but it's amazing. The thing that most disappoints me about that, though, is that it's been what three days now, hmm. and I have not seen one video with that with a doink, yeah, or a gong or something. Yeah, some, <laughs> I just want a doink as it hits him on the back of the head. That's all I want. It shouldn't be hard. You should have already su- done it. It kind of summed up Owen Farrell's tournament, that, really. You can see what he's trying to do, but it's just yeah. really not quite coming he's off. Up, he's just ended up booting the ball into the back of James Haskell. <laughs> he's basically shafted speed. one of his own team. Yeah, Bless him. What else have we got that's good? Laurie Beth got in touch on Twitter, at Blood and Mud, and she said, mm. good, was seeing Bastero in real life. He was such, I'm assuming she was at the game on Saturday, Laurie. Mm. She said, such an impressive unit that I need him in my front room. <laughs> I'm glad you said front room, Laurie. I'll be honest. I was frightened well, there getting well, to that sentence. Well, but he's a um, big un. He's a big un. A good from uh, frequent flyer Bruce McConaughey. Uh, Stuart Lancaster's son playing for Scotland under 18, showing that obviously the whole family is determined to stay as northern as possible. Yeah, he's not even bothered about Fair changing play. nationalities. He's just, it's just no, all about being more long, northern. Yeah, as long as I don't have to go below Leeds, that's all that matters. His other to me. son's going to play rugby for Greenland. <laughs> yeah that's a very good one uh, Robbie Alexander got in touch on Twitter and said good is hips to Scotland because they were pumping England before everybody else started to do it <laughs> very good that is excellent um, Sean Flynn said good was Eddie extending the touch area for obvious reasons and it completely blowing up in his face you haven't spoken about that but that what is was that all about? Hilarious. Oh yes, they've obviously extended the touch area for exactly that kind of thing there, that, that little cross dribble kick into Johnny May and then, and then, and then two like, minutes later. Do you know oh. what? Isn't it amazing oh. how that door swings both ways? <laughs> <laughs> what I loved is that they had no fucking idea. Like Stockdale said, I don't have any nobody fucking told me they'd extended it. I just kicked it. It was in, yeah, it was in and I jumped on it. It was in I jumped on the fucker. As well, which goes back to what we were saying about him just fucking backing himself left, right, and centre and not really caring. But I mean it's going for you, it's going for you. They missed that knock on, didn't they? But I'm glad classic all time sort of sideshow Bob Rake moments go. That is I mean, I'm still (laughs) three or four days later, I'm still chuckling about that. It just delights me as a, a sort of an example of hubris coming back and biting you on the arse. I mean, I with just... that game, I'd kind of I'd kind of shut myself off emotionally by about minute 35. I was just like, I don't know where this is going. I can't even get worked up about this anymore. Um, finally, from Twitter for me, is Colin McBride's been in touch and said, good, was friend of the pod Ian Henderson. He is a friend of the pod. Yes. Loves the chat about Bruce Springsteen. He said, in particular, his ridiculous strength to hold Marowitoji up while having a chat with a ref. Did you see <laughs> it's nice that? to multitask, isn't it? <laughs> he literally grabbed him, lifted him, kept his knee off the floor amazingly. A lot of people say that he was on the floor, but the ref had blown his whistle before he got to the floor. Yeah. Um, he, he was literally says, chatting with the ref about whether it was all right <laughs> while holding an incredibly large international yeah. professional rugby player up. 
Yeah. And yet still looking like he should be drinking a massive can of Monster in, a, in an ill-fitting tracksuit on a street somewhere. I mean, there is no getting away. You cannot avoid what you look like, and he will always look like... It's amazing. He's, he's trying like to steal a... D- he looks like he's trying and to... sallow-eyed and slightly double-chinned, and yet obviously this magnificent it's athlete incredible is incredible. Rugby player. And yet... He looks like if you turned your back on him, he'd steal the dust caps off your car's yeah. tyres. Looks you like know, he it's... smokes a lot of weed. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't. He doesn't. And let me just be clear, he does not do that. He no, just looks no. like the kind of person who would. No, I see him more as an edibles man anyway, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't do that either. Doesn't do that either. Doesn't do any of these things. We're just, we're just conjecturing. Any more good for you? It's funny to imagine he does. Um, I think I'm I'm all gooded out, actually. We kind of covered it all in the team of the tournament, didn't we? We pretty much did, didn't we? Well, that was the Six Nations for this year. There it goes. We now move headlong back into the sort of slightly warm, acidic waters of domestic rugby next week. Yeah, and excited. On to, well, European soon. That's the big, oh, yeah. that's the next big the, the big quarters coming up soon. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Be it, sure it, it, to join a... us here. Yes, at blood for and all of this. Com. It's transcendental. Yeah, everyone else has stopped now that the Six Nations is over. Everybody else has stopped fucking caring. But us, we're, we're still here. On. We're going to yeah. soldier on, trying to make you laugh about things so you don't have to. Yes. Not laugh. I mean, no, please do laugh. You don't yeah, have do to try laugh. and make you do, yourself laugh. You do have to I haven't laugh. thought this strap line through. I'm going back no. to it's transcendental. No. That's better. Yes. <laughs> it's transcendental, man. And, yeah, that's Cheers, fine. everybody. People... Cheers, Josh. See you Always all Always a pleasure, soon. Lee. Take care, everybody. Ta-da Goodbye. now. Don't go changing. Ta-da. <laughs> Bank of Ireland is looking out for your financial well-being. They want to help protect you from fraud. So whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or even just plain old Tuesday, be careful online. Don't assume that every text message or email you get claiming to be from a bank, a delivery service, or any company is legit. And remember, Bank of Ireland will never send you a text message or an email with a link asking for your full 365 PIN number or one-time passcodes, so don't give them out. Search Bank of Ireland Security. And together, this Christmas, we won't let the fraudsters win. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.